And I love the business of writing so much. I got into this groove where my marketing was to write another book. So I'd, I'd, I'd write a book and then rather than publishing and promoting that book, I'd say, oh, I'll just write another one and that'll promote that one. I got into this kind of very productive groove, but I wasn't selling any books. And so the podcast gave me that whole sort of marketing reach that I wouldn't have had. Welcome to The Author Biz, where we talk all about the business of being an author. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and this is episode number 44. Wherever you are, however you listen, thanks for spending some of your time with me today. On today's show, we're going meta, as in a podcast with two podcasters talking about podcasting. Okay, you know what a podcast is, you're listening to one. But did you know that a recent Wall Street Journal article says that 17% of Americans over age 13 have listened to a podcast in the last month? That's 46 million people. It's sort of exploding. There's a few reasons for that. One, they're easier than ever to listen to. Uh, They're easier than ever to get onto your smartphones. Uh, And data plans have expanded to the point where People are willing to spend data to download podcasts and listen to them. If you're a regular listener to this show, you know I started a second podcast called CrimeFiction.fm, which is actually the domain name as well, www.CrimeFiction.fm, about six weeks ago. I'm happy to report that that show is doing well and reached a ranking of number two in the new and notable section of iTunes for literature, which is terrific. I'm really happy about that. So now I'm experimenting by adding a second show to what I'm calling the CrimeFiction.fm network. This one is an author podcast by New York Times bestselling author Taylor Stevens. Taylor is the author of the Vanessa Michael Monroe series, The Informationist, a bunch of great books. Taylor was also the guest on episode three of The Author Biz. Her podcast is a weekly podcast that goes live on Tuesdays. If you want to check it out, you can find it on iTunes or at taylorstevensbooks.com slash podcast. Taylor saw the value of having her own podcast, but didn't have the time or the expertise to set it up and produce it herself. So we're working on the project together. I mean, she also didn't want to just do a monologue podcast. She wanted to have a host. And so I'm sort of the host, basically just the other person in the sound booth so that uh, she doesn't have to carry the whole show on her own. I've had so much fun working with Taylor that I'm actually putting together a yet-to-be-named podcast on-ramp type service to help other authors launch their podcasts. This is something that will be offered soon on a relatively limited basis, probably an extremely limited basis. So if you're interested in learning more about this service, please hop on a new email list that I've created just for the project at theauthorbiz.com slash onramp. You're not buying anything when you sign up there. You're just signing up to get more information. And again, it's theauthorbiz.com slash onramp if you're at all interested in having your own author podcast. Now let's get back to today's show about podcasting. My guest is Tom Evans, who at the time we recorded this episode had produced over 120 episodes of his own podcast, The Zone Show. Tom's an author himself, and he also does some work mentoring authors. During this show, we're going to be talking about the reasons behind both of our shows and some of the 
the numerous unexpected benefits that have come our way since we launched the shows. Then we'll get into some details, the kind of questions that you probably have if you're thinking about podcasting. How long does it take? How much does it cost? What kind of equipment do I need? That kind of thing. So we're going to be talking about all of that. So if you're at all interested in podcasting, this episode can probably answer some of the questions you may have. The interview begins with me asking Tom how he got started with podcasting. Well, it was a bit of an accident. I like all these things. I became an author by accident. Um, like you, Stephen, I was, you know, I was in, in the... In, Embroiled in the world of, of business, and mm-hmm. uh, and I wrote a book just because I wrote a book by accident once, and and then people started to say that's a great book, and could you write another one, and could you help me write a book? And before I knew it, I found a new career helping other authors out, and um, so I must have been about six books into my own career when I got an approach by somebody just through Twitter saying I've downloaded every one of your books Tom and nobody is doing your stuff on TV I own a TV company come and see me this guy said and at first I thought it was a bit of a a wind up you know it's like too good to be true but uh-huh. I went to meet the man and uh, he said you know he was, he was absolutely uh, uh, right about it he said look we should do a, um, a TV show based on your stuff and you know what one word would you use that would encapsulate what you do and I said well you know I get I get people into the zone I get them into that special place where magic happens so we we we, we call this TV show the the zone show mm-hmm. uh, we had a recording date all scheduled for it and um uh, and this guy overnight decided to sell his old media empire. And he had loads of shows on. I met loads of different people all doing mm-hmm. shows with him. He decided to get out of it for whatever reason that was. And I said, well, look, should I? And I wrote a book called The Zone just to promote the uh, the, the show. And um, and he said, well, you know, Tom, go and do it yourself. You know, you, you've got the skills. You're an ex-BBC engineer. Do a podcast. So I started doing this podcast. And you start with one show. And then I can't remember how many shows we're in now. It must be well over 100. I actually looked this morning, and you're at 121 which I think is astonishing. Wow, wow. <laughs> but you know what? It's been um it's been the best networking I've ever done. It's just opened so many doors. And I I think that's the thing that so many people don't realize. I mean we all think in terms of of podcasting as it's going to take a lot of time. Um there's a lot of equipment, there's this really steep learning curve, but the benefits that you get some of those things are true. It does take some time. I, I don't want to minimize the amount of time it takes because it does take some time. And it, it does take some equipment, but it doesn't take a lot of equipment. It doesn't take a lot of time and the doors that it opens, it's extraordinary and you can't even imagine what they are when you start. Yeah, and, and at first I, I just interviewed people I knew, you know, people that were in my sort of social circles, my social networking circles, and then I got bigger and braver and I started approaching people uh, who were almost like my heroes, if you know what I mean, people mm-hmm. I'm always dying to speak to, and, and, and most of the time you'd be really surprised, they say yes, they'd be delighted to, and obviously the more track record you get, the more traction you get, the easier and easier it gets to be, to be able to interview uh, bigger and bigger names, which is great, and, and, the, and the best thing about it is, of course, they then broadcast your podcast to their tribe, and some of their tribe get to know you, and, and so it goes. Yes, and it as an author, if you go, I don't know if you go to conferences. You're obviously you're in the UK. I'm in the United States, so we we would travel in different circles, and and you write primarily nonfiction. Although I know you're going to be writing some fiction, but when I go to mystery and thriller trade shows, people know who I am, and it's astonishing because I haven't I haven't 
finished my first book yet. I've written several manuscripts, but I haven't actually published anything because I haven't been good enough yet to do that. Isn't that great? So you're always like, you're doing the pre-marketing for the book we're about to launch, which is just phenomenal, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you why I started uh, this podcast, The Author Biz. It's for a very simple reason. I love to read. I love authors. Authors are my heroes. And I saw that so many of my favorite authors were getting out of the business because the business was overwhelming them. And they, they couldn't keep up either with the business or with the changes in publishing. And, and my podcast is sort of my little way of giving back to some of those people and trying to help people better understand uh, the business aspects, the non-craft aspects of the author business, and in hopes that they can stick around a little bit longer and get through this tsunami of change that we're going through now and, and come out better off on the other end. Yeah, you're right, because, you know, I, I, I love writing, so I've, I've just published my, my 11th book, and I love the business of writing so much. I got into this groove where my marketing was to write another book, so mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd write a book, and then rather than public, publishing and promoting that book, I'd say, oh, I'll just write another one, and that'll promote that one. I got into this kind of very productive groove, but I wasn't selling any books. And so the podcast gave me that whole sort of marketing reach that I wouldn't have had otherwise, especially as the podcast was named after a book mm-hmm. that really was encapsulated all the rest of the books, if you know what I mean. So it was, it was almost like an umbrella book for the for the brand. So, um, But I have to say that it, it sort of it fell on my lap rather than me doing it. But uh, having done it now, it's sort of been, uh, it's been useful. In fact, on my podcast, the, the Zone Show, you'll find two podcasts with other podcasters, which have kind of got some really useful information. Mm-hmm. And, and you're absolutely right about the equipment you know i've got, I've got um, an 80 dollar mic um a 10 dollar headset and i do everything uh, over skype with um with a, a call recorder must have cost about 10 or 20 dollars mm-hmm. and i use a free audio editing package called audacity so the outlay you know we're not even talking 150 dollars of outlay yeah and um, i've i've gone way beyond you i think i paid maybe 18 dollars more for my mic than you did and maybe 15 dollars <laughs> more for my headphones and i'm yeah. also using i'm using GarageBand, which is i think it was free when i bought my computer my mac so yeah, yeah. i use that and it, you know the the total outlay for me was was less than one hundred and fifty dollars. And when I first started uh, on something called Blog Talk Radio, doing these interviews, the equipment I had was a thirty dollar headset. And um, you know it's just kind of evolved from there. But it really, you're right. It doesn't cost much to get to get started, and it doesn't take a lot of expertise to get started, which I think would surprise a lot of people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, you were talking about time as well, which is uh, so the time to re- do the recording would be whatever it takes. That I always research. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, anyone I'm, I'm I'm interviewing, so I look at their 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 books. Uh, I, I I interview a lot of authors uh, naturally. I, I read their books if I can and read the whole book, um, but only because I'm interested in in the person. So it's not like a, it's not like work or anything. Like right. That. And I, and I reckon it probably takes a minute of editing per recorded minute, you know. So a half hour interview will take you another thirty minutes. But uh, you get to you, but you get to listen to the answers back again in a way that you don't when you're necessarily interviewing. Although, as you know, that the the best interviewing is to be a 
is to be a good listener. But uh, it's 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 been a joy and a pleasure to do. And that's to say that the um, the reach it gives you as an author is amazing. And and what, what I found when I was um, not promoting and just creating, um, I wasn't really doing my work a, a service, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I, I got this in, into this groove where I just I was just creating and creating. But with the podcast, what you can do is be creative about promotion, if you know what I mean. So uh, you know that, that creative spirit was still being uh, fulfilled, but in a more promotional kind of direction. Yeah, w- one of the things that we're all instructed to do by experts is outreach. To, to mm-hmm. do the different things that we can do to get out in as many places as possible, whether those are blog posts or guesting on podcasts and, and that type of thing. And some of those things can be extraordinarily time-consuming. Writing the right guest post, for example, for the, the right website, um, that can be really time-consuming. But outreach, using a podcast as outreach, the the reach just seems so much greater because you're part of this infrastructure, this this podcast world that's that's really sort of insular, and, and people begin to know you. And there's there's this incredible value about being the voice in the ear, and not so much after one time, but after five times, six times, twenty times, or in your case, a hundred and twenty-one times, telling. Uh, your story and interviewing guests in in someone's ear while they're walking or running or going to the grocery or whatever, um, that's a powerful connection you form with people. It is, and it also opens doors to um, to greater things. Uh, I've had a few conversations recently with, with more TV companies about uh, taking the podcast and doing something with it. So, uh, you know, and, and I have to say that when I was first approached to do this um, before I recorded show number one, I wasn't very confident at interviewing. So, so, so it's given me a year and a half of, of mm-hmm. very good training, you know, with all the things that can go wrong, you know, with your Skype connection going wrong and uh, somebody's um, Skype not working, so you got to then ring up very quickly on a, on a landline. Or well, actually, I do quite a lot of interviews uh, now live. I've got a, a, a very nice mic that plugs into my iPad. And oh, so I okay. can actually do, do the roving reporter kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is nice. And my the podcast people I use called Audio Boom. They're a, they're a UK operation, kind of similar to SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a fantastic app, so you just start the app on your your iPad, uh, plug your mic in, and and you're podcasting. You know, it couldn't it couldn't be simpler than that. Well, let's let's get into the the technical details a little bit for people. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's say that I'm an author and. I think it's simple. It's easier for listeners to understand uh, if they write nonfiction. Like a, a lot of what you've written is is nonfiction, though you're, as I said earlier, you're getting into fiction. But it's easier to match uh, the theme of a podcast to nonfiction writing, although I, I contend that you can accomplish a lot of the same things if you're a fiction writer. But let's let's say I'm a nonfiction writer and I'm writing about um, health. Mm-hmm. I write books about health, and I want to do a podcast. What's the first thing I should do? I would actually um, – this might sound a bit odd. I'd come up with a really amazing name for the podcast, you know, that really sort of – that that kind of just gets gets 
your imagination going and uh-huh. kind of encapsulates what it's all about. So, uh, you know, and I like uh, alliterations, you know, so where we use words together. So, uh, you know, for example, the health and wealth show, you know, connecting two things that might sound a bit disparate together, that mm-hmm. actually, if you're healthy, you're in a better position to be wealthy. And if you're wealthy, you're in a better position to be healthy, potentially. You know, bring, so you bring a different angle into it, but it could be anything that um, uh, like that. My, my show is based around a TV show on, on BBC One in the UK called The One Show mm-hmm. and all we did was add a, a Z to the front of it so it's The Zone Show so it's very much the same style of show uh-huh. um, but in, in, in kind of magazine format but um, an, an interview format so yeah getting a, getting a name that encapsulates uh, what it's all about is kind of good is good to do uh, and then what you really want to do is get a tame guest or two and you know the best ever guest you can ever inter- interview first is somebody that else that interviews yes Yes, that is such great advice, and, and it's something I wish someone had told me when I got started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's good about a, a, a good interviewer when they're being interviewed? They know when to shut up to give the interviewee <laughs> a chance to ask the next question. <laughs> So off you go. Your next question. All right. So let, so let's let's take a step back. First, the name, and that's I, I am so astonished that you came up with such a great name. I'm I'm ready to start that podcast. We should get together and, and just start that uh, health and wealth show uh, as soon as we finish this. But uh, you know the name is great, but but there are some other things you need to do. You need to have um, a website. In my case, I created a website just for the the Author Biz show. In your case, you host the show or you run the show through your website, which is tomevans.co. So you post there, and I use it. I'm sorry? Yeah, you don't need a website. This is the thing. So you know what people do? I get this when I'm working with authors because I deal a lot with writer's block, and people put loads of excuses up as why they shouldn't do something. They they overcomplicate writing the book, saying, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to need a website, I'm going to need this and that before I can write the book. It's the same with the podcast. There are at least three providers I know about that actually give you your web presence. In the podcast, or I've, I've got one of them. I use Audio Boom mm-hmm. uh, in the UK, and what I've done is I've got an RSS feed. That's the technical term for right. a, for mm-hmm. an embed. That's an, the show embeds itself in my site. But you can do the same thing with SoundCloud, and you can do the same thing with it podcasts or something like that. There's there's another one, and so you end end up with. A podcasting site. It might not have your own URL on it, but it, mm-hmm. you might have, for example, Audio Boom slash Health and Wealth in that case. But you don't have to have a website to have a podcast. But and and, and you're absolutely right. There are others. Uh, Libsyn is one. Uh, Blueberry it, yeah. Blueberry has one. So there are other places that do that. But if you have an existing author website, you can run that same RSS feed through your author website, and yeah, yeah. you can use a plugin called, uh, I, I use Blueberry, there are probably others, uh, that make it really simple to spread your podcast out to the world. So in terms of, if you already have a website, the setup, the time involved in setting it up is probably less than an hour. In your case, the way you did it, it's, it's probably less than 10 minutes. It is less than 10 minutes. And when, and when I podcast uh when i when i podcast an interview an audio boom it automatically populates my website without me doing anything it automatically goes to itunes mm-hmm. it automatically goes to tune in and it automatically goes to stitcher so by posting it in one place it ends up on four different locations on the web 
And and that's the magic of, of that yeah. RSS feed that you were talking about earlier. As long as somebody is taking the show and distributing it via RSS, it'll go to the right places as long as you've got it set up to go to those places. And, and your sure. provider does that automatically. So we've got all right, so we've got uh, we've got our show name. We're mm-hmm. we're set up on either something like the the system that you're using or we've got an RSS feed on our author website. Um, what's the next step? How do we you mentioned recording via Skype. How does that work? Yeah, well, I've got a little plugin. I'm on a Macintosh. I've got a plugin uh, called Ecamm Call Recorder. Mm-hmm. It records video as well. So if I want to do it, if I want to put my podcast in commas as a vodcast, I can also do that. Uh, I can include screen shares as part of the podcast if I do a video as well. So you can almost do like a mini webinar with it and that kind of thing. So the the call recorder will will generate um, a video file and an audio file. I because I'm an ex BBC engineer and I pride myself in quality. I do a little bit of post audio processing, so I'll sample the noise floor. This this this, this program I've got called Audacity does this for you automatically. You take a quiet bit where you're not speaking, uh, and you sample it, and then you reduce, you remove the noise from the whole track. And the noise at your end might be different from my end, so I do that. But that process probably takes about a minute or so. I'll equalize the levels. I'll get rid of the odd dog bark at my end if one of my dog gets <laughs> dogs gets excited. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get a little squawk or a mobile phone going off and that kind of thing. Um, and so I do a little bit of post-production, just making it nice, add a little sting to it. A lot of my um, uh, interviewees do like a guided meditation, so I'll maybe put a little bit of ambient music behind it and this sort of stuff. And occasionally I have singers on. I didn't know if you were a great singer the other week. Really? So she, she uh, calls Kate, Katie Rose, and she gave me three of her tracks, and we mixed those in with the show, so it was more like a regular radio show. <laughs> and uh, that was a great, uh, great production. So that took a little bit longer, but I've got to say that that was... That was kind of fun. But the minimum you should do is just process the audio, audio a little bit, equalize the levels so you don't have one person speaking quiet and the other really loud, and um, and then just put a little little sting either side of it, um, and uh, you've got yourself a show. And and there, I use uh, Ecamm Call Recorder as well. There's another program for uh, Windows users called Pamela that does much oh, yeah. the same thing. That just basically records both sides of the audio. You can split the audio out. Um, so as you as you were saying, if there's ambient noise on one side or the other, you can kind of clean it up. Um, and and the processing. You said you're you're down to a minute for each minute of uh, production time or uh, of show time. I'm I'm probably two minutes, uh, but yeah. I haven't done 121 shows yet like you have. So I'm I'm getting better each week, and I'm also getting better at making it easier to clean up during the interviews. That, and that's that's something to learn as well. Um, you know, just interview technique, things like that, uh, ways to keep the show. Moving, but initially, you know, this little bit of equipment, and I, I think, I think I paid thirty dollars for call recorder. I, I think Pamela might be free, or it might be around thirty dollars or twenty pounds. Not very expensive stuff. You use Audacity. I use GarageBand. They do roughly the same thing. Uh, I use uh, a web-based service that's free to do the sound leveling. Uh, you're doing it yourself in Audacity, but the, the net result is that we wind up with an MP3 file that 
works its way into an RSS feed as a podcast and spits out on the other end in iTunes and Stitcher and on our websites and all these places, and it's just magically there. It really is magic, <laughs> the way it first happens. It is, and they've got long shelf life. You know, I get people that um, say that, oh, I, I listened to um, a show you did a year ago, and that really changed my life. Or, you know, I listened to a show this year, and then I just downloaded the whole lot to my, mm-hmm. my iPad, and I was driving up somewhere for eight hours, and I just listened to you and your guests for, for eight hours. You know, so uh, something, just that one bit of work you do, a bit like writing that book, has got a huge um, shelf life. And I must t- share something else with you, which I'm doing at the moment, because um, I, like many podcasters, have been trying to work out how you can monetize the podcast itself mm-hmm. and often what happens in my life and it's about you Stephen but when I when I a problem comes in my head I I kind of I cogitate on it I don't try and come up with the solution myself but I allow the solution to arrive on my my plate and it did the other week I got a guy who um wants to write a book and um and he has got he struggles getting it down on paper that's all I'm going to say for now. So what he's doing is he's invested in me to do a private podcast with him. So this is not going to be rebroadcast as a podcast. I'm interviewing him uh, about his life story in a Q&A format. Mm-hmm. We, have it, we have it transcribed, and then we have it um, paraphrased and tra- from Q&A format to prose, and we're going to generate the book that way. And he's paying me money to do it. Oh, brilliant. On the back of hearing some of my interviews saying, uh-huh. you, you, you sound like someone that can ask all the right questions in the right order. <laughs> That's fabulous. And you're, you're so right about the shelf life for these. When I first started the author biz, I was mimicking a show um, what, called the Kendall Chronicles. Uh, Lynn Edgerly does the show. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. it or not, but it, it's one of my favorite podcasts, and I love the way he does it, and he starts every episode out with news. So I began starting each episode of The Author Biz out with news, and then I realized that I was dating the episodes by doing that, and I wanted the content to be evergreen so that if someone downloaded it a year from now, uh, they didn't listen to the first five minutes and say, oh, that's, that's a year old. This isn't relevant to me. Yeah. That's a very smart idea. And also, but you've got the nice theme going on through the author biz, haven't you? Which is, like we mentioned, that that health and wealth thing. You've got mm-hmm. author and the word biz. You know, so you're saying, not don't just be, anyone can be an author nowadays because it's mm-hmm. very easy to, to write and publish a book. But it's about becoming a business person through writing and actually creating a business out of it and getting revenue through it. And that lovely juxtaposition of those two memes is what makes your show different. Well, thank you for saying that. Let's talk for a little bit. You and I have both launched podcasts. I just launched a new one called crimefiction.fm that's short interviews uh, with crime fiction writers. And it's, it's basically we're just talking about the books. And so it's, it's really targeted to people who enjoy reading crime fiction. I, I think we all as outsiders, when we listen to podcasts, We initially listen to the most popular podcasts, and we listen to people talking about the number of downloads and and this incredible reach they have. And it's really easy to get into comparisonitis, Uh, very similar to to launching a blog and writing blog posts. You'll see, you know, some person says, oh, you know, a million people saw my blog post, and you write a blog post, and 18 people see it, and uh, five of them were relatives. So it, it takes a little while to build an audience. At least that's what I've found. Did you, did you see the same thing? 
Yeah, and it does. It takes a while. And what I, I, I wrote a little guide for interviewees to help us build the audience, and mm-hmm. I send it to everybody before the, the show, and it uh, basically says, this is what I'm going to do for you. So I'm going to record the show, and it's going to be available here, here, and here. You're going to get a link to put on Twitter. You're going to a link to put on Facebook. You're going to get the code to embed the show in your own blog if you want to do that, um, and, and that sort of thing. And then I say to them, and what I expect from you is you'll follow me on Twitter, and you'll tweet it, because when you tweet it, I'll retweet it you'll tag me on facebook because when you tag me i will retag it and share it and so i set the expectation from the outset of mm-hmm. what's going to happen when we uh, when we do this thing so we get maximum uh, traction from it and it, I, I, the system i use got great show stats so i can see the overall number of people that have listened and i can see per show who's listened and the people that get the best listens are the ones that follow the guidelines yeah uh, which is great, yeah. So, so just giving gives, giving someone an, an old fashioned document ahead of the interview, say, look, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. This is what this is how the show is going to run. And I, I set up the conditions also for some fun. And one of the questions I say to people: just think of three things that nobody's dared to ask you that you'd love to answer, and send me <laughs> those three questions. So uh, that's kind of good. Uh, and, and another trick which uh, which is great also for anybody. I'm sure you use this technique. Is that uh, I've got two stock questions. Questions I ask everybody because the zone show and, and if the conversation never runs a little bit flat mm-hmm. uh, or or I want to change direction or something like that, I'll say, look, it's called the zone show. How one question is, how do you get in the zone and stay in it? And if you're out of the zone, how do you get back into it again? Those are great questions, and those those would actually be appropriate for almost any kind of of a podcast. <laughs> They would, yeah. So you could do you know, if it's health or wealth. You know, what do you do when you? How do you get healthy? What do you do when you're unhealthy? Yeah, and, and the same with wealth. So you could just tra- transpose these. And I suppose without being on, a, I haven't been on a training course to be become an interviewer. Uh, I've done it in real life, and I've, I've learned the interviewer's uh, trade and craft. All right, let, let's talk a little bit now about the idea of we, we've sort of danced around the idea of fiction authors doing yeah. this. Um, you're, you're getting ready to write fiction. Will you be able to use this platform that you've, you've been building for yourself with The Zone Show to help to promote your fiction? I will, and I should say I've written three short story books already, and they're all podcasted too. So what I've done, I've used the podcast. If you go onto my podcast, you'll find my very first book. It's called 100 Years of Ermintrude, and that is a short story written in poetry. So my very first book was fiction. I then wrote um, a a short science fiction book, which is a project I'm going to get back into now. And you'll find bits of that available in audio. And I've just written last year 22 short stories called The Germanatrix. And I'm I'm serializing them in the podcast. So mixed in with hmm. the, the interview, mixed in with the interviews I do with people, you'll find serializations of my books. And the best thing to serialize, of course, is short story because you don't have to listen to them very long, and they're very punchy. And so, but going on to these novels, which I'm going to write, that that because they're they're sort of science fiction and futurology. What I'll do is I'll I will serialize bits of them, but I'll start to interview people mm-hmm. that are influencers in that genre. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll start to switch my focus. So I'll still do all my self help and mind body spirit uh, interviews, but I'll start to approach people who I I recognise as mavens in that area, and then that's a way of getting visibility. Also, as a way, of, uh, if I interview like um, uh, a, a few uh, successful science fiction authors, 
I'll be learning about what they've done that works for them. And so instead of, as, as well as the, the podcast being, you know, some fun, it's also research uh, and it's kind of useful for the work that I'm doing. So that's the way I'll slew the podcast in that context. And it's, it's funny because we all do this. We all, we all do what you described and, and we use our show for essentially for free consulting. If we, if we need to know something, we go find a guest that, that can educate us us and our listeners on, on that particular topic. And, and I know that's why a lot of people get into podcasting, and it's, it's one of the wonderful side benefits of it. But what, what you just said about finding influencers uh, in, in your genre and interviewing them is, is such a powerful idea for any fiction writer who's interested in starting a podcast, because what, what better way to, to build a relationship with these people? And all of a sudden, you know, maybe you're getting ready to write your first, we'll use me as an example. I'm getting ready to say I'm ready to publish my first PI mystery. And I've got interviews with 10 really famous, well-regarded PI mystery authors. That's, uh, it gives me instant credibility and instant recognizability with, with an audience of people that like those kind of books. Exactly. And, it, and it's so simple, you know, and to get that amount of traction any other way would be very difficult, you know, to and, and what happens then or what happens to me quite often has happened in the last month. I've just released my 11th book and I've had a bunch of people on the Zone show who instantly have invited me back on as a guest on their shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for me, particularly because I'm based in the UK, you know, I, I, I'm sort of modestly famous in the mind body spirit community in the uk i'm virtually unheard of in the us mm-hmm. and so by getting specifically to uh, people that are known in the us in in this genre which is mind body spirit mm-hmm. and getting on their shows it's a way of me getting footfall across the pond without having to get on a plane <laughs> great idea you went through a big change in in life, and you described some of it, but um, the idea of going from working for the BBC as an engineer to essentially being self-employed, that's that's a change that a lot of people are sort of looking forward to in the author business. The idea of of going from working for someone to the dream of becoming a full-time author, which is essentially what you're doing now. You're a full-time author uh, and, and a mentor for authors. Um, but, but there has to be a hurdle that you've got to get over in your own mind to, to know that, hey, it's okay, now's the time to make the break. Uh, what, what was that for you? Well, to be fair, it wasn't that much of a uh, transition because I left the BBC in my mid-twenties and I became a freelance engineer first. So I've already had a career as a self-employed person. Okay, all right. And I must share a strange coincidence with you. So that was in the early days of um, independent TV over in the UK and the new independent TV companies were forming. They had no engineers out there. I became a very successful freelance engineer. I had my own business and I located it in a building in uh, central London. Um, And I'll mention the place. It's called 60 Farringdon Road. And I'm doing a book launch next month 
uh, and it's in the same building, would you believe, which oh, is now a literary centre. Exactly. That's fabulous. So moving into being freelance wasn't difficult for me. What was more difficult was um, the balance of trying to get my, my ideal of getting revenue from the books. So, you know, that idea of sleeping income and passive income. Mm-hmm. And it's something I'm still working on, but it's, I have to say that year on year, the, um, the revenues are, are increasing. And they're increasing because I've got more and more books out, so there's a nice portfolio there. But also, I create companion courses that go with them to augment the books. So um, I've always got like a, a, a product portfolio now. So year on year, the, um, the passive income is increasing. And when I started, it was about um, 10% income from royalties and 90% from uh, one-to-one work with clients. Mm-hmm. And now it's about 50-50. So uh, it's a long-term game, you know, so don't give up your day job when you get into this <laughs> world. But it, there's, no, there's no better feeling than waking up in the morning and having an email to say someone's placed an order with you or you sold some more books. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I use um, Amazon KDP and you get instant uh, feedback on their book sales, which is great. This is Kindle desktop publishing. Right. It, it is a wonderful thing. Um, it, uh, something else I noticed in in just reading some of some of your work, uh, you meditate, and it's it's something that I hear more and more uh, of successful people doing the the idea of uh, a meditation practice, which I guess would be every day. It's not something that I've ever been able to do. So let's move into the free consulting part of the show here, and I- explain the value of. Uh, meditation and what it could do for an author well i have to say it's it's the crux of my work really because i started meditating in my mid uh, 40s because someone said you look really hassled and haggard and you could do with meditating and i said uh, well don't be silly because I, I haven't got time i'm a busy guy and i can't stop my mind uh, from racing around uh, but mm-hmm. i learned to meditate and it was meditation that got me into writing i found that after three or four months of meditation this uh, creative person just came out and my first book um 100 years of ermine troop was written uh, after i meditated on a on a plane once and uh, it just came out of nowhere but i started to as an engineer i started to research how we can use the trans state for creativity and so i find out now that if i don't meditate in the, the start of the day i have a worse day and i teach people how to actually meditate before they start writing and also to stay in the meditative state while they're writing when you do that two things happen the first is that time changes its speed so you seem to get more things done in less time but the other thing which is kind of magical is that when you're in uh, the, what I call the eyes open meditative state, you don't leak what we call thought forms out into the world and you don't get interrupted. So if you don't think about somebody, they don't think about you and they don't think, oh, I must call Stephen and see how he's doing and interrupt you while you're writing. So it's quite magical. You mentioned meditating at the beginning of the day and that's every time I hear a successful person talk about meditation, it's always at the beginning of the day. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I have a hard time getting my arms around the idea of why that's the best time to do it. I believe that it is because I've heard it so many times. But uh, the beginning of the day for me is is when my mind is at its most calm. Is, does that make it more susceptible to the benefits of meditation? 
Yeah, it sets up the conditions for the day. So it's almost like you're getting out of bed on the right side. So if you get out of bed thinking, oh, I've got all these things to do today, got these meetings to go to, or if you're a writer, you think, I've got 2,000 words to churn out. Mm -hmm. And and so you start with, with a fear or being hassled or worried about the day. The day will largely play out like that for you. Whereas if you start in a calm state and with the knowledge that by taking 10 minutes out, you'll get those 10 minutes back, easily you become healthier and live longer and your blood pressure and stress will reduce but also that you'll produce a higher quality of work by taking a bit of time out and if you don't have time to do a, a formal meditation then just going out for a walk in nature does it and so i'm if i get stuck in the middle of the day and i'm working creatively i'll take the dogs out for a walk and then i'll soon get the next idea coming in but you can you can meditate at the end of the day. I've got some meditations specifically that help people go to sleep, and you'll like this a lot. One of them teaches you how to dream your next chapter and remember <laughs> it the next morning. So you seed. You can use the time when you're asleep to be creative. That sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> it works a treat, and and very good for creative fiction. Very good for science fiction because you can go on wild rides of the imagination. All right now let's. You, you've mentored hundreds of authors. You, you've worked with hundreds of authors. Are there specific things that you see or, or that uh, the overwhelming majority of them need help with? Or is it sort of vary by person? Are, are there certain things that we're all doing uh, that we could be doing better? I think the main thing that I help people with is project management and and actually getting them to finish their book. A lot of people out there, uh, it's fair to say there are more books on people's hard drives not finished and not published than there are out there Mm -hmm. finished and published. And one of the reasons for that is that people um, might not have a structure for a book, so they don't know when they're finished. They just write and write and write. I had a client in uh, some time ago. She'd written 150,000 words. And, uh, you know, I said, well, you've written three or four books already. We've got to now break that down into a series, you know. But she could have had a book out about two years ago if you just published the first um, 30,000, 40,000 words. Mm -hmm. That's not... So, but what I do is I, I get people to um, to work to a structure. Structure can be flexible, especially in fiction. You might want it to move, but at least it's a framework um, and a narrative you're going to take the book through. But the main thing I do is I get people to make appointments with their chapters. So you say, right, next Tuesday I'm going to meet chapter one. The, the following Wednesday I'm going to meet chapter two, and they make the put the chapters in their diary as if they're appointments with people. Mm-hmm. And if someone comes up and says, can you see you next Tuesday? You say, no, I'm sorry, I'm busy. I'm meeting my chapter or something of that nature. It depends who the client is. And uh, and so by doing that, what happens is the, the chapter comes to meet you by that time. So lots of events happen. You'll see... Um, information in newspapers or in books uh you might hear tv shows that help you with your research and stuff like that so by the time you get to that next tuesday when your chapter's about to be delivered all the stuff that you need to make it happen seems to be there by by magic and by putting the appointments in your diary like that let's say you've got a a 12 chapter book and you've got 12 appointments you know when your first draft is going to be published and that's the first stage then to go into project management of the book in editing and proofreading and typesetting and publication 
Now, you've mentioned the term magic a few times during the course of the show, and you've yeah. just published your most recent book is New Magic for a New Era, How to Live yeah. a Charmed Life. The first, you mentioned the Zone Show was sort of done at the same time of, of this TV show that turned into a podcast. Uh, was there a specific reason why you wrote New Magic for a New Era? Yeah, um, my my mum passed away last year, Stephen. Mm, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, uh, thank you for that. And you, you, those sort of times, you have a little reset, don't you? And you mm-hmm. sort of um, just reflect on life and that sort of stuff. And so I took a business coach on last year, a lady called Leah Woodward. And I said, look, I've written 10 books and I've got all these ideas for which book I should write next. What should I write? And she said, well, Tom, you, you've lived the most magical life, you know, where you've just fallen on your feet all the way through. Why don't you write a book about how to do that? And I, my first reaction was, well, you know, my life's been pretty boring. But she had a point that most books in the personal development um, genre uh, tend to write about somebody that's been through some sort of adversity uh, or life transition, and they've gone to the edge and learned something and come back with some wisdom. And so it was quite refreshing to write a book where actually nothing bad happened, only good things happened, and here's how I pulled it off. And I call that magic. Mm-hmm. And magic's only magic unless you know how the tricks are done. And in the book, I share some of the tricks. I share how to have just enough money turning up when you need it, how to create more time, how to find the love of your life or get the love of your life to find you, all of those sorts of things. So they're real-world things. Mm-hmm. Using kind of spiritual practices, if you like, or mind-body-spirit practices, meditation features a a lot. Uh, I talk about well-being and health and healing, and uh, and I had to say a lot of this stuff, a lot of this information has come to me by the wonderful people I've had on the Zone Show. So mm-hmm. as you say, all all very self-fulfilling and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, that's probably a good way to close things out today. Stephen, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Always good to speak to a fellow podcaster. It, it has been fun. What's so? I think we mentioned your website before, but it's tomevans.co. This has been this has been an absolute blast, Tom. It's uh, I, I think my I know my listeners are going to get a lot out of this in, in terms of understanding what's involved in setting up a podcast and and really getting a sense of the benefits that you can gain from it. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for asking all the right questions in the right order. Tom, thank you so much. That was terrific. So what do you think? Are you ready to start your own podcast? (laughs) If you are, remember to hop on the special email list at theauthorbiz.com slash onramp. Or maybe you're not ready to start a podcast, but you liked what you heard Tom say about the value of meditation. Tom sent me a 10-minute guided meditation that I tried the first thing in the morning last week. As you may have noticed during the interview, I'm not really a meditation type guy. But you know what? Each day I used the guided meditation was a more productive day than I'd been having lately. I was considerably calmer and more focused than I've been. I'm not ready to call myself a convert yet, but I'm sure as heck willing to keep it going to see where it goes. And isn't that one of the great secrets to life? We've got to be open to new ideas and really totally willing to experiment. It certainly helps to keep things interesting. Tom will send you the same guided meditation he sent me if you go to his website, tomevans.co. When you get there, click on the Meditations tab and then click the button for the free ebook and Be Calm meditation. That's the meditation he sent me. I'll have a link to that specific page in the show notes of the AuthorBiz website, which is theauthorbiz.com. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. 
Have a great week in your author business. I look forward to chatting with you again next week.